Welcome back to another episode of Ecumenical. My name is Peter Holm, and today we're going to talk about the Noonday Devil. Before I get started, I want to thank you all for joining us and watching and being a part of this channel. Make sure to throw comments down below if there's something you like, don't like, you want to see, you don't want to see. Uh, make sure also, if you like the video, smash the like button, share the video wherever you can, and we thank you for listening. So, before we get started, the Noonday Devil. What is the Noonday Devil? So, the Noonday Devil is a an actual demon named in scripture. I'm going to read part here of Psalm 91 because this is where it comes from. So this is, uh, again, David is the author here and we'll actually have the noon devil mentioned by name. The praise of a canticle for David. He that dwelleth in the aid of the Most High shall abide under the protection of the God of Jacob. He shall say to the Lord, Thou art my protector and my refuge, my God, in him will I trust. For he hath delivered me from the snare of the hunters, and from the sharp word. He will overshadow thee with his shoulders, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall compass thee with a shield, and thou shalt not be afraid of the terror of the night, of the arrow that flieth in the day, of the business that walketh about in the night, of invasion, or of the noonday devil. All right, it goes on. It's talking about protection, but the noonday devil is mentioned. What is this noonday devil? So what we have is we have a spirit, a demon, fallen angel, who afflicts many people. This demon is very apparent in the modern age because of the fact that there are so many distractions and things pulling at us to try to keep us out of the religious life. And I'm not talking about we're going to go be monks and nuns. That's not what I mean. I mean, there's a discipline that comes to a Christian in terms of our prayer life, our penitential offerings that we give throughout the week to sit there and get in you know, union with Jesus Christ, our worship to make sure that we do what needs to be done, not only from a religious standpoint, but also according to our stations, right? Because as a dad, I should be leading my family in rosaries, right? As an employee, I really should be going and making sure I do the work necessary for my employer so they get the benefit, I get money, I pay the bills, and I can take care of my family. These are all things that are very important uh, for me in my station. And when we talk about the noonday devil, the noonday devil afflicts people with a condition known as ascetia. What is ascetia, right? That's a weird word. So what we're talking about ascetia is known as spiritual torpor and apathy. Um, or abnormal mental condition characterized by carelessness, listlessness, fatigue, and a want of interest in affairs. Um, this name, you can look it up, by the way. Uh, what you're talking about is the, it's, again, it's talking about a condition. So it's a word, it's a condition, ascetia. It basically defines those people who are restless, who feel they have to go do something, and either they have to go do something and they always have to keep changing what they're doing and they can never stop, or the people who just basically stop and shut down and don't do anything, so it ends up striking as sloth. And it can definitely hamper your ability to live a life devoted towards Jesus Christ, towards the church, in union with God Almighty in truth. And it keeps you out of grace, okay? So today, though, Asedia and the Noonday Devil, and they're threatening us. Cool thing is, there's actually a book. I'm going to put this out there right now. So Asedia, all right? So the Noonday Devil. This is focusing on Let me see if I can get it focused here. Let's see, right there. So Noonday Devil. This book is awesome. Why I recommend it 
is because it goes through all the details of monks who are struggling with this. And it's written by an abbot. And so this is the abbot Jean-Charles Nault, and abbot of saint Wandril. And the cool thing is, is that not only does he go over the monks and talks about how religious need to go and deal with this, but he talks about how it impacts you and me in regular life. So this means how it affects us in, say, I don't know, married life for those who are married. And to be perfectly honest, even single individuals who are out there who are sitting there going, why do I feel restless? Why do I feel discontent? Especially now of all times when it feels like everything is kind of in this weird state of flux and we can't go and nail down what's good and what's not and where we should be going and where we've been and why we're doing it. And just everything outside of Jesus Christ seems really confusing and a mess. And somehow you and I, even though we can't be of the world, we still have to be in the world, which means we still have stations we need to fill because I still have to say as a father, help my children get into some sort of spiritual prosperity. And it's a really difficult task, right? Well, if I set a bad example or I falter really badly on my end, it's going to make it very difficult to actually bring them up and give them an example to follow, right? Granted, we need other people that are helping us, a communal type thing. But again, how many people do you deal with, whether it's coworkers, family members, friends, parishioners, whatever, who you guys actually work together? you help each other. So when one of you is struggling, you all kind of help them. Or when there's a leader, the other people follow. You all have situations like that. Well, are you being the best example to help other people avoid falling into this weird listlessness and confusion where they can't do anything or they're busybodies who can never get anything done. And they're always thinking the next thing is going to be the greatest. The next thing is going to be the greatest. I got to go. Well, in this book, the reason I sit there and I recommend this thing heavily for what it is, I recommend sitting there and reading it because it helps all of us. If we take this to heart, we can back out of all the confusion and be where God wants us to be. Because before we go and get all confused and we feel bad about our situation or we feel like it's got to change this instant, it's good to kind of get a grounding and accept the fact that God put us here to do something. And we may not know what. That's why we got to pray. And so we have to offer spiritual uh, sacrifice. We do penances. And in those sacrifices, in those prayers, in our worship in the Mass, the more times we go to Mass, we look for clarity and we give resignation to God. And in the end, what does that mean? Well, if I'm a married husband who has work that I have to do, I got to find a way to keep doing that husband work, that that fatherly work, as well as my normal profession, my everyday profession to get money, right? All of those things have to be done. The way that the author, the abbot refers to this task for all of us is staying in our cell. Why? Because when he's talking to monks, what's the monk's job? The monk lives at the abbey or at the monastery and his job, and this applies to nuns as well, their job is to stay in their lane. They have a station which God has appointed them. They've taken vows or they've made solemn promises to say, I'm going to do these things. Well, if God's going to allow a whole bunch of stuff to happen, the whole thing is when we accept the fact that this is where we've been placed, the abbot is saying, whenever you start to feel slothful or you feel that you need to go do something else, you need to get out. He says, back off, back off. And he compares a lot to the Desert Fathers and talks about where they started out and that 
One of the things they would see a lot were people that were getting afflicted by the noonday devil trying to distract and keep them from doing the things that they actually had to do to find something else or to keep them distracted from the things they had to do by just being completely demotivated and quitting altogether. So I think this is a good way to help all of you guys to realize that, yeah, we're being attacked by devils all the time. Okay, we have generational spirits that hit us. There are temptations everywhere that we can see with other people and other places that are just coming after us, trying to get us to falter and fall and turn away from God, right? Well, if we have help anywhere in the form of, yes, worship and grace and prayer and uh, spiritual sacrifice, that's awesome. But then when there are books that are out there by religious people who are helping us turn in the direction we need to go to learn the skills we need to learn and understand what this fight looks like, then my recommendation is let's take it to heart and let's do something about it. All right. So we have this opportunity. We have a book here to help. I'm going to read the foreword before we go. But I sit there and highly recommend this book. I think you guys should all look into what you can do to make sure your life is disciplined. And this is definitely one of those ways to help. So let's read the, the forward here quick, and then I will uh, let you all go for today. But here we go. Very early on, the monastic tradition became interested in a strange and complex phenomenon, ascetia, spiritual sloth, sadness, and a disgust with the things of God, a loss of the meaning of life, despair of attaining salvation. Ascetia drives the monk to leave his cell and to flee intimacy with God, so as to seek here and there some compensation for the austere way of life to which he felt called by God. The psychological and spiritual subtlety of those who first studied this phenomenon, the Desert Fathers and Evagrius of Pontus in particular, cannot fail to challenge our contemporaries who, although they are no longer familiar with the term ascetia, no doubt still experience the terrible symptoms of it. For ascetia, the monastic sin par excellence, is certainly not to be considered as something from another era. On the contrary, might it not be the gloomy evil of our age? Weariness, melancholy, feeling overworked, discouragement, instability, activism, boredom, or depression. These various manifestations of the noonday devil are enough to convince us of the relevance of an evil that causes a man to lose his relish for life and paralyzes his interior dynamism. Left to his own devices, man ultimately despairs of ever being able to find meaning for his existence and runs the risk of sinking into mediocrity that is just the symptom of his rejection of his own greatness as an adopted son of God. So now the forward goes on from there to actually talk about what is actually in the texts where they're talking. Uh, he looks further in depth at the desert fathers and the monks in the desert and what they would see, um, looking at how ascetia manifests and the, the troubles it causes, and ultimately then going on to St. Thomas Aquinas and how he looked at ascetia in his era, so this is the 1200s when Thomas Aquinas would finally look at it. And then we look further in terms of, do, 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 looks like the last two chapters here examining current relative ascetia. And this is why I was talking about how it applies to our normal life. So I see buddies who are absolutely overtaken by this in many capacities. And some of the worst are the ones that are the guys who are sitting there and just playing video games all the time. And in the end, there's not really any sort of movement um, out of that snare, which the devil has them in so that they can get closer to God and do anything for him. So that forward there, just to be clear again, that forward was actually written by Mark Cardinal Ulay, the prefect of the congregation for bishops. So hopefully that's helpful. There's all these threats that are out there. Like I said, demons uh, in every walk, 
right now with all the confusion and I would say almost madness going on for whether it's a virus problem or whether it's an economic problem or the food stuff or we're looking at political turmoil. There are many things out there that are unsettling a lot of people. And our job right now is to avoid being unsettled, avoid being listless and make sure we are being productive and we are being active and thoughtful members of the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, and make sure that you and I can function as soldiers in this battle against the evil one and help bring others into the light and out of the darkness and the confusion that is Asedia, away from the noonday devil. So does this help you guys? Hopefully like you can see the relevance in terms of the people that you know around you who are seeing those types of things, and whether it's boredom or restlessness or sloth or just general confusion and no motivation or just anxiety, all these things that the noonday devil causes. Would this type of stuff help you if I looked at this type of uh, book or these types of topics more? Is there something else you want to hear? I'm happy to hear your uh, comments and thoughts. You make sure to comment down below. If you like the video, make sure to throw a like on there. Uh, otherwise, share the video so we can get it out there and help other people be Catholic. Thank you all for your time. May God bless us and the Virgin protect us. And as always, St. Joseph. Pray for us. All right. See you later.